Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of Crunch Time with the N326 duo. I'm going to be your host tonight. My name is Sam Gotzi, and with me today, as always, Tanner Dizzlin. Tanner, how are you doing, man? Sam, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit sad because this is the last time we will be previewing a football game uh, for a very long time, and that's very sad. Obviously, Next episode, we will talk, still talk football, having just come off the Super Bowl. But, yeah, that would be the last game, and it's in the rearview mirror as opposed to ahead of us. So, um, definitely a little sad, a little sad, but it is what it is, and I'm ready to get into the get into the episode, man. Yeah, um, last, uh, last football game of the season always comes with tears. Um, so, the episodes are going to be changing up. Uh, a little bit in the next upcoming weeks we got the nba trade deadline of course uh coming up and then we have the um off season kind of the nfl again dive into march madness of course but let's the march madness yeah yeah he i think he's been on two times probably will be a third this year so yeah that's a great one yeah stay tuned for that but let's hop right into this episode as we always do winners and losers who is your winner my winner i'm gonna go with juju watkins the uh player for usc the women uh on their women's team uh on Friday, so just a couple days ago, recording on Monday. On Friday, uh, she scored 51, and USC in a big-time game, they were ranked 10 at the time. Stanford was ranked 6, and uh, a big-time Pac-12, uh, may it rest in peace, matchup. And uh, USC comes out on top, and Juju scored 51. Uh, she's a true freshman. So Yeah, she's going to be a dog. Yeah, next, next big highlight reel in, in women's basketball, and that 51 – is the uh, is the highest point total in a game this year in uh, women's NCAA basketball? Also, not to be overlooked, she added eleven boards too, so it was an adult nice. double. But uh, big time game, she's won, and an extra prop uh, on top of the game she played in her interview. Actually, yeah. she was. They were talking to her about, "Wow, what a game! You scored fifty-one. That's the highest uh, point total in in any game this year." And uh, and then the the person in the media said. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who and uh, Juju just looked at her and said, "We're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing that." So, props to her for a, I mean, a the game she had, but b not falling into the trap of the media and getting a soundbite of, of her saying something way out of context. She just said, "Nope, we're yep. not doing that. This is my day. I scored. Talk about my performance, which good for her. And yeah, it definitely deserves to be a winner." Yeah, she uh she uh definitely went crazy that game. I obviously saw highlights and clips, um, but that that press game or post game interview was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, that that performance was definitely winner worthy for my winner. Gonna stay on the hardwood as well. I'm gonna go to Big Ten basketball with Chris. Collins of Northwestern on an absolute masterclass in his ejection against ah, Purdue. Yes. 
He was ejected with 1.7 seconds left remaining in uh, Purdue's victory last Wednesday. Um, basically, he lost his shit. Uh, pardon my French there. But uh, he walked on the court, yelled at a ref uh, while ball was still in play. Obviously, can't do that. Players were restraining him back. Um, and then he obviously got teed up, got ejected. And he he was heated. And he still went up to Matt Painter, shook his hand, gave, gave him, like, good game. Congrats. And he also dapped up Zach Eady on his way out of the um, – the, uh, the arena like a king yeah it was uh it was uh crazy and he even gestured boilermaker fans to boom louder so <laughs> going out like a king but uh to mention the reason why he was upset purdue attempted 46 free throws in this game while northwestern only had eight yeah i mean don't don't want to get too off topic off of the ejection but I remember that when this game happened, a lot of people talking about the aftermath of it and talking about the the fact that this was a main example as to why Purdue seems to always fall short in in the tournament. I mean, that was a hard fought Big Ten basketball game, uh, and Purdue what what was what else out shoot him at the free throw forty six free throws to eight forty six. To eight. I'm trying to to load up the uh, box score from the uh, fairly, game against Fairleigh Dickinson last year um, to see what the free throws were like. Because in March, you're not getting you're not that kind, getting of, kind of free throw. I mean, free throws. Yeah, Purdue shot 19. Yeah, it was 19 to 10. So Purdue still shot more, but not 46. Mm-hmm. Right? And when it's you, crazy. And when when Purdue can't shoot 46 free throws, and Zach Eady, that big oaf, can't shoot. 26 of them himself. Yeah. I've never seen a big man get as many calls as Zach E.D. No, nobody has any idea how to referee him. And it's just, and it's a shame because, uh, because there's, it seems like there's nothing you can do defensively and you, you just get called for a foul whenever you do get a stop. But, uh, but yes. So I think he has every right to be pissed at a 46 to eight free throw discrepancy and went out like a King. Yeah, absolutely. So those refs definitely, could have been a loser of the episode. But Tanner, I think you got another one in store for us. So let the people know who is your loser yeah, of the episode. Loser of the episode. So again, I told you both minor basketball related. Actually, both minor women's basketball related. Uh, because welcome to the next installment of Mad About <laughs> Iowa. We always every week we gotta talk about gotta. who is just mad about Iowa. And this this week's example is Cheryl Swoops, a former WNBA and women's college basketball player herself, talking about how Caitlin Clark will certainly be passing uh, Kelsey Plum's all-time, or Plume? Plum? Plume. Kelsey Plume's all-time, uh, all-time scoring record. Uh, and basically said things along the lines of that we sh- it shouldn't count and that we should hold uh, her, Caitlin Clark, breaking Plume's record to a different standard than Plume setting the record herself because Caitlin Clark had the COVID year. Uh, and because that, I believe she said, quote, when you're 25 years old playing against 20 year olds <laughs> is what she said. Yeah. Talking about Caitlin Clark and her quote COVID year and how, when you can do it in five years, that that's a huge, huge advantage, uh, which is, I mean, which makes sense to me 
uh, if there was a if, if a player played five years, they probably have a higher chance of yeah being the all time scorer than someone who played four years. Uh, except there's one problem: Caitlin Clark has not used her COVID. No, pretty much everything she said was just blatantly wrong. Yeah, I mean, twenty five year olds playing as twenty year olds. Caitlin Clark's twenty two. Yeah, so that's well within college <laughs> athlete range. Uh, she's a true senior, meaning this is her fourth year. She has played more than 10 games less yeah. than Kelsey Plume thus far. And I believe, um, based on what Caitlin Clark averages, she'll break it within the next two or three games. Yeah. Which will she be. She needs a, like 66 points. Right? Yeah, right. Which will be about, I think it'll be about eight or nine less games than it took Plume yeah. to get the record that she set. Um, so. I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say there, uh, uh, Cheryl Swoops. It seems like you're just top tier hating uh, because I'm, I was going to say, if you're just hating, that's a loser in of itself. But you're hating with just comp- just stuff that's factually incorrect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she got absolutely flamed um, on it. Um, even Iowa women's basketball official uh, Twitter account got in and basically listed off what she said, saying she's only 22 True senior, 123 games played. Um, But one thing I think that we're seeing where women's basketball, specifically college, is the popularity has grown. Whether you love or hate Caitlin Clark, having a villain in your sport, that's like a huge deal because we've seen we've seen in the NBA obviously we've seen guys like LeBron when he was on the heat Katie when he was on the Warriors um and we just see these these big villains which obviously not true villains but you know what I mean and having that in a woman's sport is really changing the landscape the fact you have a hater like people legitimately hating this per this player for being the best is exactly what you need to get respect from the outside world. Yeah. I, I think you and I were talking about this where whenever someone posts a clip of Caitlin Clark that, you know, how, like how much women's sports have grown when the comments are like free throw merchant or, uh, or Juju Watkins better or yeah. Becker's better uh-huh. when they're that and not, who cares? We're not watching. Make me a sandwich. Like that yeah, type of uh-huh. like they're actual co- like they're hate comments, of course, because it's the internet. You're gonna get them everywhere. But they're about basketball. They're about mm-hmm. women's basketball. And that is like like you said, a big time step in the right direction. Someone to play that villain role. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So like, yes, it's this one's a little different because everything she said is just flat yeah, wrong. For sure. Um, and it's from it's not some troll on twitter it's yeah. from an actual former player who has a platform and talking about it on a podcast mm-hmm. um but yes in in general having that villain someone to hate someone to to constantly debate about someone to demean all their success yeah. and find find a new way like people do with lebron all the time like you wins the title oh, i was a mickey mouse title you know yeah he wins the title oh uh, the kevin durant was hurt like, like whatever mm-hmm. uh and you find a way to demean all that stuff that's generally speaking good for the support yeah for the sport um, and shows how how far women's basketball has come. I mean, within the last few years. I mean, I, you and I, I, I honestly don't know if I'd watched 
I watched a few games when uh, Megan Gustafson Megan Gustafson. Shout out. Just got uh, just signed a two-year yeah. with uh, the Aces. So just shout out. Respect. Shout out. She was very good. Very good for Iowa. But anyway, uh, I, I believe we watched, she they won the Big Ten yep. one year. And we watched that Big Ten championship game. They played yep. Maryland, I remember. Beat the living piss out of them, I think. But I think it was the only women's game I watched. Yeah. And now I watch it all the time. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um but yeah, Cheryl Swoops definitely uh, joining Don Staley in that Caitlin Clark hating club. Um, for my loser, I'm gonna go to the Diamond. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, but Alabama's coach uh, Brad yes. Bohannon a while back uh, got canned uh, or let go. I don't. I think. Uh, I believe he's gone from the program. I assume he is. Um, well, and it was due to the gambling. Well, the story came out of what actually went down. So um, I'll I'll just read you what um, this account uh, says. So on April 28th of 2023, prior to Alabama's baseball game against LSU, uh, Bohannon sent several text messages uh, via the this messaging application to a better that Bohannon knew was involved in sports wagering. Uh, the messages indicated that a Alabama uh, baseball player, uh, the scheduled starting pitcher for that night, um, would not start uh, due to an injury. Bohannon provide this information just to the better before reporting the starting lineup to the LSU coaching staff. Specifically, Bohannon texted the better in quote, Hammer, student athlete one, is out for sure. Let me know when I can tell LSU. Hurry. Shortly after receiving the message from Bohannon, the better attempted to place a $100,000 wager on the LSU basketball team at MGM Sportsbook at a uh, baseball. Baseball. Yes, sir. Um, uh, at a uh, sportsbook in Cincinnati, but the sportsbook actually adds a limit to a 1500 wager. The better attempted to place additional wagers involving that specific baseball game but the staff declined due to suspicious activity because let's be honest no one really is a huge gambler when it comes to college baseball um and this suspicious activity obviously uh included some insistent demeanor to get the bet place uh because he in quote was for sure going to win and if only you guys knew what I knew. So the sp suspicious statements activity uh, also uh, inclined the better to show the staff messages from Bohannon and explaining that the uh, Bohannon informed uh, the better that Alabama was scratching its starting pitcher before alerting LSU. That's hilarious. That's, that's so funny. That's just so funny. That's so over funny. text, just like, hey, they'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Barstool LSU actually tweeted this out, and they said, this site might actually be worse than you making your illegal uh, gambling account named Kayshawn Booty uh, 01, <laughs> their uh, receiver that got caught a couple months ago. Oh, that's so, so funny. 
if you haven't read this, it, go go check it out for yourself. It's absolutely crazy. Like, didn't even try to hide it. Like, at that point, why are you using a third party? That, just text them. Like, you're clearly getting get caught. Yeah. I. It was so odd. Like, it's just hilarious that they thought they were doing some real. Oh, they, they're like, we're, they we thought we were him. doing some 007 bullshit, <laughs> dude. A, and they, <laughs> this is the most obvious. In 100K. Like, okay, I think you could, not advising, could possibly get away with it with, like, Responsibly. a big matchup. Big matchup. Right. Like, uh, UConn, Duke, national, sure. like, a national championship, but a baseball game on a random day in April. College, not even pro. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. In and, Cincinnati. And he, came in, he came in guns a blazing, too. Like, if he had known... The limit was fifteen hundred, and he just came in and was like, "I'll take fifteen hundred on LSU." The, or the the clerk would probably have been like, "Weird, okay, but, but okay." Yeah, bro came in guns blazing, hundred K right now. Yeah, Damn. yeah, absolutely insane story there. Um, but yeah, and another uh, gambling situation gone wrong. I'll tell you what. Uh, before we move on, I, I thought of another an honorable mention. We'll honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it reminded me actually when you're talking about um about Chris Collins, Northwestern. Yeah. Getting thrown out. Another loser, Iowa State Baylor. Yeah. That game, I mean, it was an awesome game. The game ended on Iowa State down two, made a three as time expired, went back and looked at it. The uh turns out they didn't get it off in time. But the amount of losers and so uh Scott Drew, head coach mm-hmm. of Baylor, got that's one loser. Got ejected. Um, and I I swear to God, it is it is the calmest you'll ever see a coach get ejected. He didn't get he didn't like throw anything. He didn't get upset. He didn't walk onto the court. He like apparently he stepped out of the coach's box. Yeah, he the first technical he was pretty out of the coach's box. There's like a certain space yeah, uh-huh. you can go. But the second one is what got me. It, he like took a knee, maybe a centimeter outside of the coach's mm. box, and he got teed up again. Like he didn't, he didn't go after the refs at all. He didn't like. It was insane, and it completely changed the tide of the game because when he got ejected, Baylor was up like fourteen. Yeah, Baylor State comes r- running right back. So the first is Scott Drew and the refs because I, you know, Scott Drew getting ejected can't happen, but the refs. I mean, wow, they seemed like they really over legislated that, and then. All of our spectators, we were watching from from the moon because Baylor's brand new basketball so bad. Uh, arena. The camera angle is atrocious, so high, so, and so far away that you like it was giving like headache, like you yeah, were getting a headache watching this game because it felt like you were on the rafters looking straight down at and you were, which is that speck the ball? Yeah, like you you couldn't like oh it was really frustrating. Um, and then to top it all off, the third one, I mentioned Iowa State shooting the ball and, or shooting a, as the buzzer expired, making it and it not counting. Um, that play was preceded by about a 10-minute review because inexplicably, Baylor was at the free throw line and he had missed the free throw and the clock had started way too early. Yeah. So they had to go back and try and try and figure out a way so they did some math where the clock started 0.5 seconds too early, and we blew it dead at 1.7 uh, 
or, or 1.2. So therefore we put 0.7 on the clock. Like they did some math like that. Um, and it resulted in probably a little bit less time than Iowa state should have had. Yeah. And of course, when the shot is still in his hand, uh, and, and eventually goes in and both teams are celebrating. They think they win. They didn't get it off. Iowa state could have used an extra 0.1.2 yeah. seconds. And that very well could have been there if they just didn't uh-huh. start the clock too. Yeah. Early. So it was an absolute travesty. I mean, it was awesome to watch, but it was a travesty that a game ended that way and was so controlled by the refs, the clock operator and trying to all the stoppages and ejections and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I had to, th- I had to, I had to shout yeah. out that one. Yeah. Speaking of, reminds me of another game that happened on Saturday, the Iowa Wolves, the oh, local yeah. G League team here uh, in Des Moines, uh, played the Sioux Falls Sky Force with about one couple seconds left. Lance Stevenson, yeah, he's in the G League now, hit a corner three. The Wolves go up by one with 0.6 seconds left. Uh, basically all you have to do is put your hands up and you win. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, Sky force, uh, set a very simple screen. Dude catches it from about the timeline cash and they lose it a heartbreaking fashion. Mm. So heart heartbreak all around on Saturday, but Tanner, let's talk about the big game the coming big up game. on Sunday. Of course, we're talking about Super Bowl Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. Tanner, let's kick it off with this question, and that is, what is the biggest question for you going into this game? And for me, this is easy. This is 100%, in my opinion, what's going to win or lose this game. And that's what 49ers defense shows up because the 49ers have obviously been pretty much the best team in football all year. There was a while. And I would say after, after the Ravens beat the 49ers, when was that on? Was that Christmas Eve or something? Yeah. Something like something that. Um, it was late in the season, but after that, I would have said the Ravens were the best team in football, but the 49ers were pretty much the best team in football all year long. And a big part of that was that defense. I mean, their linebackers are incredible. Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, the best linebacker in football, of course, not to mention Joey Bosa and Randy Gregory and Chase Young all coming off the edge, which Chase Young is a whole different category. I'm sure we'll talk about that soon. But, like, the defense is so good. They have guys everywhere. You mean Nick Bosa, by the way. You you mentioned Joey. Nick Bosa. (laughs) It it happens, man. Never get those two straight, both. Ohio State, both went to the mm-hmm. West Coast. Can never, can never keep them straight. But anyway, Nick Bosa. Um, they have studs everywhere, and frankly, over the past few weeks, they have not looked very good. Green Bay seemed to get whatever they wanted, and if they can make a damn field goal or score a damn touchdown, that game is looking a lot different mm-hmm. than there were. Green Bay is probably moving on. Um, it took a big time collapse from uh, from Detroit in the first half. Detroit was getting absolutely anything they wanted um and that's probably not going to happen with kansas city so the 49ers defense is for me 100 the biggest question mark will they be the unit that we've seen all year that can create turnovers keep I me mean, pick up sacks with that dominant pass rush or is it going to be the team that's they're falling behind in games and had to come back against the packers had to come back against the lions um that's where the game is going to be won and lost in, in my opinion 
Yeah, that that's definitely true. I'm actually going to stay on the 49ers side of things. And I'm going to go with Cam Brock Purdy put together a complete game. We've seen him do well in the second half. Can he do? Because this defense we've seen from the Chiefs have stopped some of the most prolific offenses in the NFL during their run, obviously being the Bills and uh, the Ravens, of course, two of the best. I mean- also, I mean, obviously it was really cold, but the Dolphins, the Dolphins yeah. offense was yeah, awesome, right? Absolutely. Um, and Brock Purdy, um, he struggled in the first half. He has scored a total of 14 points over the past two games. That's definitely not something you can do, especially when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field. So that's kind of my big question going into this one because if he can i like the 49ers in this one but let's look on the other side of things we are we kind of talked about the 49ers are there any big questions for you if you're a chiefs fan going into this one um I, you know uh, i would say it, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the defensive side i would say it's less of a question mark than the 49ers just because the chiefs defense has been playing so freaking well yeah recently you know, like you said all those offenses they they held down. Um, they're really young, the Chiefs defense, and maybe that will hurt them, and maybe Shanahan will be able to confuse them a little bit. Uh, but we all know what Patrick Mahomes is going to come out and give. We all know what that offense is going to give. Uh, the defense, like if, if, if Brock Purdy has a bad half and the 49ers defense has a bad half, it could be scary hours for the 49ers, yeah. right? So I, I'd say the question marks are more on the 49ers side, but this – this Chiefs defense, man, I'm going to need to keep seeing it from, yeah. from the past few weeks. Uh, but that's of the two Chiefs sides of the ball. That's my bigger question mark for sure. Yeah, totally agree. You kind of talked about um, Chase Young and his struggles. Um, we saw him be a dominant force. Honestly, in Ohio State, we've kind of seen him. First couple years in Washington, he was the guy. He was dominant, but lately he has seemed to be, and I don't even know how to describe it, but kind of give me your thoughts on how Chase Young has been playing and if that's a weak spot for this 49ers team. So it's funny. I, I think on this show, it was in our very, very early days, um, the first year we did like a whole NFL predictions, and I think I had Chase Young as my defensive player of the year prediction you did i did it was back in on episode episode two episode two defensive player of the year chase young i chose chase young to be the dpoi was hilariously wrong because (laughs) yeah we all know what he's come out to be uh but for me it's a clear indication of effort we all saw the clip against uh against the lions where bro just like lazily walked over and jogged and sauntered and had a clear play to had a chance to make a play and bring down Jameer Gibbs didn't because of his clear laziness and Gibbs went on to score a touchdown also in that game we saw him in a third and short shed a block get penetration and make a big time tackle for loss yeah the talent's still there the dude can still play. It's just when he wants to play, and that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have someone who like always works hard, but maybe isn't the best. Like 
you just how can you how can you play some how can you, it's one of those where how can you play someone who has put on tape that level of lazy play but also how can you bench someone that's mm-hmm. put on tape of such elite pass rush and run stuffing so it's a really tough scenario between uh you know with with what he's got going on between just effort because the dude can still play it's clear as day he can still play it's just does he want to play yeah exactly Tanner, let's talk about score predictions. We're going to make a couple predictions, kind of talk about the crazy bets that come with this big game. So let's kick it off here. Give me your score prediction. For uh, dude, I have gone back and forth so many times on this, but my official score prediction, 49ers 31, Chiefs 27, and the 49ers win the Super Bowl. In f- 31-27. 31-27. So close game, huh? I'm thinking so, yeah. I'm going to go on the other side of the coin. I have the Chiefs uh, 35 for 20, 35-21. Personally, business, huh? I think the NFL, now rigged is a strong word. I think the NFL has favored the four, or the uh, Chiefs. I've said the past couple episodes, I I'm not going to go away with it when it's so close to being true. So give me the Chiefs here, uh, 35-21, but I expect a really good matchup. I'm not betting on Brock Purdy putting together four quarters, so that's kind of where I have the Chiefs kind of beating them uh, bigger than uh, you have the 49ers beating the Chiefs. What about MVP? Who you got? Yeah, my MVP. It's gonna be. It's gonna be clear to me because if the 49ers win this game, this guy has a monster game, and it's gonna be Debo Samuel. Two touchdown performance in that win. One on the ground, one through the air. Give me Debo to be an absolute menace. Yards after catch, king, the yak king. Yeah, I mean. Is is he a hundred percent healthy? I assume he is, right? Um, he I know he. I mean, he played he against played, the Lions, yeah. and he, yeah. So I, I mean, a maybe week, maybe not a hundred percent, but two he, weeks after yeah. playing, yeah. I I mean, this is kind of a cop out, but <laughs> I mean, uh, he's gonna be the best player on the uh on the Chiefs sideline, so. But it would be cool to see some love to a uh, defensive player. Who that is, I have no idea. But maybe some crazy. But speaking of craziness, with the big game, I'm pretty sure it's like one of the most gambled on days because there's so many crazy props. Um, what What is a spread? I don't even know. I think... Anyway, live on the pod, Sam. Live on the pod? Give me 49ers two and a half. Yeah, I was, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 49ers one and a half. Um, it is officially. Oh, I gotta log in. Face ID. Classic. You know how that goes. Uh, the Super Bowl. It is Chiefs or no? Uh, 49ers minus two and a half. Bang. Nailed Let's it. go. Nailed it. Yeah, that's a. I mean, <laughs> that's why I thought it'd be so. Bang. Uh, but. Like I said, crazy bets. There's obviously a ton of prop bets uh, surrounding this from viewership to what the first commercial is to who's who is Usher on the halftime show going to bring out what it the it 
literally anything that could possibly be bet on can be bet on in Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. So let's talk about some of these crazy prop bets. First one I got for us, Tanner, total viewership of the Super Bowl. The over under is 116.5 million. Where do you think you're we're going to go here? I'm soaring over on this one, soaring over. Last year, 2023, which was Super Bowl, 50, what is that, 57? Yeah, 58 this year, so 57. 57. Side note, petition for the NFL to stop using Roman numerals. <laughs> I signed. I, uh, 57, That the average viewership was about 112 million. Is there any any extra factor that may bring some extra viewership to this year's Super Bowl? Uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr.'s DUI? Yes. His <laughs> prison mates are going to be watching. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the Swifties, and yeah. I've seen a lot of people. I've seen on on social media people throwing Taylor Swift theme. Yeah, Taylor Swift theme Super Bowl parties. Um, yeah, this is soaring over there. Yeah, there are way more than four million people who are tuning in because Taylor Swift's boyfriend is playing in the Super Bowl. So yeah, lock soaring. And over. yeah, I totally agree. Um. I think it's going to be the most watched Super Bowl by, with ease because of the loyal Swifty. Speaking of Taylor Swift, the next one we got here is how many times will Taylor Swift be shown on the broadcast over under sitting at four and a half right now? This is tough. This, this is, is tough. tough. I lo- this is interesting. It's. I, I mean, it's going to it's going to depend on how tra- like, Travis Kelsey does three touchdowns. This is one hundred percent. But you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say under on the yeah. under on the Taylor Swift view. I think that line may be a little inflated because the talk of the town is Taylor Swift and all this and the Super Bowl. So I think maybe people are expecting constant Taylor uh, showing on TV. I'm not. I'm going under on the four and a half. Yeah, uh, they, I totally agree. I do think it's gonna be um how well travis kelsey does yeah, however the problem with taking the under is that we're one travis kelsey great game away from this <laughs> uh, uh, so i think she i think it's a lock for her to be shown once because she's gonna no. get shown she's walking in when she's walking in and or in the press or in the box um and give me the over. over i'm feeling it i'm feeling i think I think Travis is going to score two. So that's two. They're going to get a pregame and then halftime. Mm. That, that Those are again. And then I think towards the end, if my prediction comes out, they're going to show her again. So that, that'll give me uh, five. So I, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm, I'm so obviously this whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship has been kind of the talk of the NFL uh, since they started dating. Uh, we saw the NFL change their bio on social media two and zero with mm-hmm. Taylor Swift in the uh, in the um, at Arrowhead or at the Chiefs game. Um, kind of, we kind of talked about this, but I just want because we've seen she's going to be going on tour to japan embassy the embassy of japan is like yeah she's gonna be there which is insane that it's gotten to this magnitude 
But Tanner, for me, man, it bothered me a lot in the beginning because it was just content. I, I really don't care that she's at the game. Like, she's supporting her boyfriend. Hell yeah. The media coverage is why I have a problem with. Yeah. Like, but it's not. It's not it's, even it's media cr- coverage during the game. Yeah. It's media go- coverage constantly outside the game. You saw, Col- uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Colin Coward. Yeah. Uh, he went uh, somewhat swifty viral. I don't know if you you saw no, this. No, I didn't. He went on and basically said that like everyone who hates like would wants the Chiefs to lose, hates Taylor Swift, all this stuff is a loser because. Uh, in throughout the entire playoff run, she's been shown less than a minute on screen. And Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was shown more in that one game against the Bills than Taylor Swift was in the entire. You like, mean Jason Kelsey? God damn it! <laughs> I <Kelsey>. got you. <laughs> uh, Jason well, Kelsey probably. Tra- I hope Travis yeah, Kelsey yeah, was shown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Kelsey was shown. Yeah, know, jumping out of the box, shirt off. Uh, more in that one game than than Taylor had been really and like this whole second half of the season. Really, like that. that's shocking. It was pretty crazy, and of course we're all like, "Oh, Jason Kelsey, what a stud!" Yeah, all like you know, oh, boo, stop showing Taylor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 get the hate is it's it's the reverse because personally I didn't love it when it first started, mm-hmm. but it's completely reversed where the hate is getting way out of hand. It's like, okay, people, it's not that serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's, it's totally not that serious. <laughs> excuse me yeah absolutely i think we're both in the agreement there but dude now let's get to some of the classic prop bets tanner what color gatorade will be poured on the wing coach believe it or not i think purple it has the best odds you have that odds right there so i've, so I've got it up um and the first off, i think this is my favorite single prop to bet on oh it's best um so yes the shortest odds or the uh you know the most likely to happen is purple uh purple Which is blue, wild yellow green red orange clear at plus 1000 is that water like what's oh, <laughs> glacier the cherry glacier yeah. or whatever but so the reason purple is the most likely according to the book last year last Chiefs year is the purple. eagles purple of course, the big one, the telling one, 2020, we had this exact Super Bowl. Chiefs, Niners, you got to keep the juju strong. I think they're double dipping, going back to what they did in 2020, which was orange. 2020, when the Chiefs beat the 49ers, it was orange. I think they got to go back to the orange. It was good luck against the Niners last time. It'll be good luck again. They're going orange. Yeah. And then you, and you can get that um, – the. the Right now, on this is on BetMGM, uh, but you can get orange at plus five hundred. Um, so, yeah, responsibly, of course. But yeah, I like yellow. Yellow, classic. Five, it's a classic. What what's what's a yellow at? Plus four fifty. I like it. I like it. Obviously, uh, don't don't take our gambling advice unless you want to ride. But tied, uh, tied with yellow is green. Green is plus four fifty, which has. Green has shorter odds than red and orange. Two of, I mean, the original trio pack was yellow, red, orange. Are they getting getting like the cucumber lime Gatorade? Like, what is green? What is green? Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm searching Gatorade. 
wiki right now is what I'm on. Lemon lime, that's not it. Okay, I need like the colors. I mean, the only green I can fire have... engine red is what fruit punch is. That's kind of electric, Ooh. not as electric as rich electric blue. Oh. <laughs> uh, green apple, they might have a, like a green apple. Lime cucumber is light sage green, so that's a lighter one. Lime cucumber is the worst thing ever created. It's 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 really bad. Uh, summer fruits is Irish green. We got tropical that. cooler that is Kelly Green. You're just making shit up now. I've never seen any. We're now on to the frost flavors. Uh, no green there. We got fe- Arctic Blitz on there. Can you command F? Arctic Blitz. They- Let's go. Uh, that is Blue Hosta. Blue Hosta. <laughs> so, I love that Gatorade so much. Yeah. But uh, so the fact that's like up there in the odds yeah. is crazy. I mean, purple, okay. Blue, sure. Yellow, sure. Green, red, orange, and then clear. So what the hell? Like, just water? White? Like, just I, water or glacier? It's just, either water or uh, glacier cherry because that's like cloudy. Clear, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. Milky. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of gross, but fire. Um. So, yeah, this is what the podcast does when uh, there's not a whole lot going on. We're talking about what what Gatorade. Uh, Another one, Tanner, that's super popular. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the more popular uh, bets. And that is, of course, how long will the national anthem go? Reba McIntyre is singing it. Um, And the over-under is kind of crazy. One minute, 25 seconds. Man, I I feel like whenever I bet this, I always just go over because in my mind it's just like I'm so excited the, for the Super Bowl. All Super Bowl, the average Super Bowl national anthem is one minute forty three. Wow! So a whole twenty ish seconds more. I'm oh. going over personally. I think on the grand stage, they're gonna go crazy it a little bit. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that thing that stat you had there about the average time um yeah i mean i I guess just from the from the odds i'll go over uh but i also like in my mind i'm so excited for the super bowl that when they do the national anthem i'm like come on hurry up we got to get to the Mm -hmm. football game so in my mind it lasts like 10 minutes yeah so when i bet on it i'm like minute 25 this is like 15 minutes (laughs) yeah uh and believe it or not it's not yeah minutes. Uh, but yeah i'll go over on that for sure yeah i one thing i i think we can all agree on it's not gonna be good as last year's i think chris stapleton did it last year and he absolutely killed it so good luck reba uh with that next of course we got we got to talk about this halftime show um we're going back to 2004 when this dude was at the top usher tanner there's a pretty common one for this first song. I want to see, are you rolling with the favorite or are you going another way? I actually don't know what the favorite is, but I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Because um, I think I think he's going to go in chronological order of his hits and he's going to do something older school to start. And for me, when I think of Usher, older school Usher, I think of, yeah. That is the best that's, odds. That's yep. the favorite. Yep. So I, I, I guess I am going with the favorite. Um, it's also like I don't when I think of Usher, that's the first song that pops into my mind. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if it's is it the one that he blew up on. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. History of Usher, believe it or not. Me neither. But that's what I think of. I think it's a. It's also a good like, decent like, 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 like to start. Get into a halftime show. Like good, good uh pump up stuff. So so I'll go with I'll go with yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I I think that is highly favored to be the number one. But I think what would be kind of dope is OM- OMG, mm. where like it's all dark and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good old baby. Let me, that. I did it again, so I'm gonna let the beat drop. Yeah, baby, let me, dude, that'd be sick. Usher, come on now. But yeah, dude, that that's another coming one, and then probably one of the most bet on because it's you have the best odds, coin flip. Heads or tails, Tanner. I'm going the same thing. Every single, every <laughs> single coin flip, the history of ever, I've said the same answer. It's tails. Tails you never fails. No tails. Tails never heads, fails. You are crazy. It's always tails. I actually bet on that one last year and won it with tails. Let's go. Got to go back to the well. It's always tails. If you ask me on a random <laughs> Tuesday, heads or tails, I will say tails because I will always say tails. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm playing Madden and I pick heads or tails. It's always tails. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we we kind of talked about the game. You know, you know all the storylines coming into this one. Patrick Mahomes versus uh, 49ers, the two best teams. Uh, well, obviously they're <laughs> they're in the Super Bowl, but not from the beginning of the year. The Chiefs were definitely not a team. We all thought we're going to be in this situation. Um, they actually have had a little chip on their shoulder the way they start. But the 49ers have always been the team to be. So it's going to be an absolutely electric, um, electric game. I'm, I'm excited. Of course, uh, we gave some predictions. We talked about some of the crazy bets associated with the Super Bowl. But Tanner, you got any final thoughts uh, before we move on? Oh. Not really, man. I think we, we covered uh we covered most of, of, of the, the fun stuff with some of the prop yeah. bets, but actually the game itself and, and that chess match between uh between uh, Kyle Shanahan and then Spagnola, who was able to yeah. completely shut down Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin over in, in Baltimore. Um but I just enjoy it, everybody. It's the last football game for a long, long last okay, last if you don't count the UFL, <laughs> it's the last football game. For a long, you knew exactly long time. where I was going. Do it, do it. Uh, but it's the last football game for a long time, so enjoy it. Um, get your get your bets in responsibly. Get your wings. Get your chips. Get your snacks. Bear. Appetizers. Your beer. Get a lot of beer. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. And another petition. Uh, we got a petition to have the Monday after Monday. Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. the national holiday. Which which should we call it? Hangover Monday. Uh, Sad boy hours Monday. Sad boy hours Monday with no football. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think we should, we should eat, definitely get it off. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's on national holidays should be a crime. Yeah, it is. But. That'll be it for the Super Bowl talk. Obviously, we're going to be recapping after the game next week. But, Tanner, we got some questions for this episode. We'll stay in the realm of NFL to kick it off. 
And Blake Baumgartner wants to know, is Joe Burrow better than Lamar Jackson? Uh, the short answer is I think yes. Um, Lamar Jackson's awesome. Lamar Jackson can do a lot of things on the football field that not a lot of people can do. Uh, Lamar Jackson seems to not be able to win a playoff game. <laughs> Lamar, <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson has had multiple number one seeds and lost home games both times. Um, I just, I, I got to answer this on who do I want to quarterback my team. And if you had to make me choose, do I want Joe Burrow or do I want Lamar Jackson? I do think about it. It's not obvious. It's not like way obvious. No, like yeah. it's got, I'm taking Joe Burrow. So I'm going to go. Yes. I think Joe Burrow is better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So I, I actually uh, work with Blake. We were actually having this argument earlier today. Um, he is a Bengals fan. So a little bias there. Um, but they're, they're just two totally different players. Um, Obviously, not seeing Joe Burrow this past year hurt. Um, we kind of forget. It seems we forget how good players are. I did see Joe Burrow? He was on one leg with his cat <laughs> exactly or whatever. But all those things taken into consideration, when it comes down to just one v one, who is better? I gotta give the slight edge to Joe Burrow. I think he's just a more consistent and gets it done win games bear most like you said um next question comes from lincoln riley not the head coach of usc um but he wants to know we're gonna head to hardwood for this one should the ncaa get rid of the nit tournament uh, um i can't tell like actually i guess i can tell you the last time i watched the nit it was the last time i was in the nit uh you know I, I get why I get the conversation just because it's one of those where not a lot of people care. Uh, but like, what's the harm, right? What What's the harm of the NIT? Like if they, if the NCAA gets rid of the NIT and defunds the NIT, like where, where does that money go? How does it help us at all? And if the answer is we're not getting some crazy either other tournament or, or crazy investment in March madness, I don't know what that would be. Mm -hmm. Um, but so because of that, I'm going to I'm going to say no, they shouldn't, because I don't personally watch it. But when I was in it, I do watch it. And there are a lot of teams like obviously North Carolina fans. If they're in the NIT, they do not give a crap about yeah. the NIT. But St. Mary's might. Yeah. Iowa might. Um, Rhode Island might like they're they're these teams where they Winning the NIT is an incredible accomplishment, and they get to celebrate an incredible accomplishment with their team, with their with their coach, like all that stuff. And I don't think that should be uh, that should be taken away because there are some fans of bigger bigger schools that don't care about the yeah. NIT. So so no, I don't think they should. I don't think it's harming anybody, and there are legitimate reasons to keep it. And some schools enjoy it, and it's a, it's a good way to have a little consolation prize for teams that still accomplished something but weren't quite good enough to to get into the the field of 60 yeah or 68 field of 68. yeah did you know there's a third postseason tournament i did yes the college basketball the invitational yep. i have never heard of this but the fact for me i personally think the nit is kind of dumb in my opinion i'd never watch it i think it's a dumb tournament you're celebrating being being the 
under top 64 teams uh, or 68 because you get it. But like, I uh, I totally understand what you're saying. You're saying like it's still a a pretty big accomplishment. Like still winning that tournament. There there's good teams that go in, but like, why? Like why why does it exist? I I don't know. So I I think they should want, and this might be a little selfish, but my life would not change in the slightest. Yeah. In fact, it might even help. Because uh, if Iowa, well, I might actually see Iowa win in postseason if they're in NIT. But, like, it if the NCAA had the NIT or doesn't have the NIT, it doesn't really affect me. So I, I don't really I see the need. Really. And, like, if Iowa goes on to win the NIT, this is my reaction. Ooh. <laughs> like, it's, I personally don't think it's a huge deal um but like if you're smaller mid-major i can see where the nit is like oh shit like we this is a good ass year yeah you know do you remember that year when iowa made it to the nit final yeah i remember watching that that run with my family and like we had fun watching it right i look back on that fondly obviously iowa lost the nit final but that was a fun that was a fun ride and a fun way to watch basketball uh that was also we were also a different stage in Iowa basketball uh, coming off. of It was one of Fran's earlier years coming off the lick lighter where it was like winning an IT was unheard of back then mm-hmm. uh, for, for Iowa basketball. But um, also the other thing I, I would fight back slightly on is the nature of the NCAA tournament with the amount of automatic bids that like a team that wins the NIT isn't like the 69th best. N- no, for sure. Basketball, right. Well, because you know you have your Texas Southerns and mm-hmm. your Fairfield oh, for sure. and all them that that get in. So like it's still, it's some of the teams in there I think are are, are better um, than what the average person might look and say. Oh, NIT they must suck. I think there are some teams in there that are better uh, than what the average person might might think. Um, but yeah, that's if again to your point. If tomorrow they said the NIT is disbanded i'd be like darn yeah I just personally would exactly. Do it myself. exactly especially with march madness being the greatest thing in sport but like last year the final four in the nit was north texas wisconsin utah valley and uab like obviously wisconsin probably didn't want to really end up but like yeah. like north texas no, for sure north texas won didn't they North Texas did yeah, win. Like yeah. North Texas winning a basketball tournament. Like, that's pretty cool. And yeah. UAB being in a final four. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I I understand it more for NIT, like smaller schools. I totally get. But like, you really think Wisconsin? No, I, I, exactly. I don't think they care. Definitely. Yeah. But that's a great question. It, it seems like our lives wouldn't be no, affected no, by it at just, all. Yeah. No. Um, but. That's going to wrap it up. We had a short episode, believe it or not, when there's not a lot of sports. We don't have a very long episode. But, of course, we talked about Super Bowl, talked about some college hoops, both on the men and women's side. The embarrassing uh, gambling scandal within Alabama baseball. And, of course, answered those two questions. 
Don't forget big time Gatorade talk. Ah, yes, of course, of course. But like we said earlier, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, last game of the year. Um, it, it's the best. Um, and hopefully there's good commercials. I saw a preview of uh, Paramount, uh, which was wild, commercial. wild <laughs> commercial. Oh, Creed's there. Oh, <laughs> um, but enjoy it. Uh, cherish it because it's going to be the last meaningful football for a while. But that will wrap it up for episode 118. You can follow us on TikTok, X, Instagram at crunchtime underscore pod. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find that crunchtime with the N through 26 duo. The clock has run out on this one, but we'll see you on the next one on Crunch Time. See ya.